Exodus 13 chapter, we'll begin our reading at verse 1. God's holy word says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Sanctify unto me all the firstborn. Whatsoever openeth the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of beast, it is mine. And Moses said unto the people, Remember this day in which ye came out of from Egypt, out of the household of bondage, for by the strength of the hand of the Lord brought ye out, out from this place. And there shall be no leavened bread be eaten. This day came ye out in the month of Abib, and it shall be when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, which he swear unto thy fathers to give thee a land flowing with milk and honey, that thou shalt keep this service in this month. Jump to verse 8. And thou shalt show thy son in that day, saying, This is done because of that which the Lord did unto me, even when I came forth out of Egypt. Verse 9, And it shall be for a sign unto thee upon thine hand, and for a memorial between thine eyes, that the Lord's law may be in thy mouth. For with a strong hand hath the Lord brought thee out of Egypt. Verse 11, And it shall be when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanites, as he swear unto the, thy fathers, and shall thy give it to thee. And thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that openeth the matrix, every firstling that cometh of a beast which thou hast. The male shall be the Lord's. Verse 13, and every firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb. If thou wilt not redeem it, then thou shalt break his neck, and all the firstborn of man among the children shalt thou redeem. We would like to read verse 8 again. And they shall say, Thy son in that day, saying, This is done because of that which the Lord did unto men when I came forth out of Egypt. We're going to discuss the Passover this morning, but I'm going to focus on uh, this topic matter of remembering the Redeemer. Remembering the Redeemer. If you think about it, we had Thanksgiving. Many of us probably just celebrate it now, don't even talk about why we even have this as a holiday. Or there may be many other holidays that we have. For example, in the state of Illinois, we have Count Kashmir Pulaski Day. Uh, people just happy to have that day off, don't even know what that day is about. And then you have the, the, the day of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., but not all states have that day off, or some people don't even have that day off. And these days, these holidays come for remembrance. Why are they to be remembered? Uh, Veterans Day, Memorial Day, uh, Independence Day, but we don't even call it Independence Day. We call it the 4th. A lot of things have been set aside for remembrance, but yet, what's the purpose of remembering? I'm here to deal with this text this morning when God went to Moses to go to the people to set up the Passover. Tell somebody the Passover. And he told them to do this in remembrance. You see here, this was not set up just to be a holiday, a time of festivity, but a time of remembrance. Remember what? 
Remember that God has redeemed them. Remember that God took them out of slavery and into the promised land. Remember, God took them from having nothing to having everything. Can I walk down your block for a moment? You might be living in a nice house now, but can you remember when you didn't have a house to live in? You might be getting a paycheck come Friday, but can you remember when you didn't have a paycheck coming your way? You may be able to walk out these doors this morning and get into your car. But you remember them days when you would walk out a door and you was waiting for somebody to come by and pick you up? Or you was waiting on public transportation? How unfortunate you felt to start that you had control but you had nothing. But you think that when I get my house or when I get my job or when I get my car, how everything's going to be different. Because you're thinking about your circumstances right now and you're going to say, I'm going to remember when I overcome, when I get what I want to reach, how I remember where I came from. But the problem is that oftentimes when we have achieved, we forgot where we came from. We struggle from check to check, but we talk about others who are struggling from check to check as if they don't have financial management. You've been there before but you're going to talk about them. I, I, I get called up myself that I see people struggling, and I just think they just don't know any better. But there's times you saw me, I was struggling. I knew better, but I just couldn't do any better. You see here, the children of Israel cried out to God, and God heard their cry, and God sent Moses to deliver them. But yet, the deliverance did not come until the 10th plague. And the 10th plague was the killing of the firstborn. Now, God set an ordinance here. He set the Passover, how the children of Israel should kill their lamb, not just a lamb, but the firstborn, to redeem their firstborn. What is this doing here? He's doing this because, look, there is no remission without the shedding of blood. And this had to happen for the children of Israel to be passed over. Because what was going to happen at midnight? God was going to send the angels to kill all of the Egyptians firstborn. And I want you to cast, not one was spared, even the foreigners, anybody who was there. But if they were under the protection with the children of Israel, living in that land with them, and they did what God called them to do. What did God call them to do? He called them to shed the blood of a lamb and take hyssop, that's a tree branch, and dip the blood on the lentils of their house. And when God saw the blood, somebody say the blood. He passed them over. The blood. The blood. John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus as a grown man, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. John the Baptist understood who Jesus is and who Jesus was going to be. Back here, the children of Israel had a promise from God. They had a promise from God. 
that they will go to a land of milk and honey. Now, looking at that text, what does it mean to have a land flowing of milk and honey? It means that that land was rich and fertile, that they didn't have to do anything to achieve it. You may be standing out that front door waiting on that ride to come, but you're thinking when you get to your land of milk and honey, when you can get to your promised land. See, God knew what he was going to do before he even did it. He told Abraham that your children will go through a time of slavery, 400 years to be exact. Then he told Moses, that I will take you to Pharaoh, but Pharaoh will not let you go until I kill the firstborn. And so here we are, in killing of the firstborn. See, remembering the Redeemer. To remember the Redeemer, we need to remember God's power. Remember that God has the power to take you in and to take you out. You see here, he, he, this is to remember, for them to remember that God, with his own hand, with his own power, with his own mind, redeemed the people. Uh, the Passover has so much meaning. When we celebrate Easter, when we celebrate Easter Sunday, do you understand that that happened during the Passover? Jesus died at the hour there are to kill the Passover lamb. He is our Passover lamb. Jesus' blood was covered so that we would be passed over. What, what does that mean? That means is that God could have given us death, kept us in bondage as it is. He could have kept them in bondage, but yet because of the blood of the lamb, because of people's obedience, God said, I will show you my power. I will show you that you are my children. And if you obey me, you obey my command, I will redeem. See, when you remember God's power, you know that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. That there would no weapon formed against me so prosper. You see here, the children of Israel realize that I'm going to obey God. But see, the Egyptians, they did not fear God. Think about it. When you don't fear, when you don't respect something, it leads to danger. That's why you got to read instructions of medicine. When you don't follow the instructor that tells you how to maybe you should not operate heavy machinery. But yet you're going to take a medication, fall asleep behind the wheel, watch you get into an accident. You, you will read instructions on how you should wear certain apparel if you go to your job so you don't have injuries. But if you don't fear that equipment, you'll get hurt. I had a job at the meat department working at Cubs grocery store. And they told me to be aware of their saws. And the reason why, because these saws will cut through bone like a hot knife through butter. And if I kept my hand just a little bit close, I would lose my thumb and I would not know it. How do I know that? Because there was somebody there that lost a digit and did not know until they saw the blood on the floor. You see, if you don't fear what's around you, if you don't so respect, to what's around, you lead yourself open for danger. Pharaoh did not fear God, nor did he care about God, which left him into destruction. But yet when we understand who God is, when we remember how powerful he is, it helps us to remember that, oh, with God I can make it. That I, I'm in a desperate situation, but God can what? Bring me out. I, I want you to cast it. See here. The children of Israel were not in a situation that, was too hard, that wasn't too difficult for God. 
realize this, that God will never put you in a place he can never bring you out. God will never put you in a place he can never bring you out. And I, I say that again because sometimes we get caught up in life. We think our life is unfixable. Our relationships are unfixable. Our, our job is, 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 is just horrible, that this is the best as it can get. But if you turn to God, I'm telling you, he will show you a way out. And the way out may not be what you want it to be, but if you just trust him and obey, you will see there's a way out. The children of Israel had to trust God. They, they did not see the land of milk and honey, but they believed in the promise. We here have not seen heaven, but we believe in heaven. We here have not seen Jesus, but we believe he is arising. You see here, just as the children of Israel took God at his word, we too need to take God at his word and trust him and act, and act like we know that God knows better for us. He tells us how we should walk, how we should talk, how we should behave. It's not up to us to critique God. It's up to God to critique us. So we need to remember God's power. He has all power. Then we remember the blessings of God. He says this, look, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to send you into a land of milk and honey. And verse 5 says, and it shall be between the Lord. So bring thee into the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, which he swear unto thy fathers to give thee a land flowing with milk and honey. And thou shalt keep this service in this month. You see here, God is, is showing them that, look, I'm going to take you out of bondage into a land that you didn't even have to till. You didn't plant. You didn't grow. But guess what? It's already rich. There's milk and honey flow, overflowing there. God will never take you out of a predicament and put you in a situation that's of not. He's saying, look, I have a promise for you. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And I take you out to what? Green pastures. We read in Psalm 20, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You see, God will lead us and direct us into a place that he's able to feed us and fulfill us. You see, God knows what's best for us. But are we willing to trust him? Because you know the history here, if you don't, let me help you out. In order for them to get to the land of milk and honey, they had to go through the wilderness. You understand that you got to go through in order to get? You might have to suffer a little bit. Uh, let me correct that. You will have to suffer a little bit. Just as Christ suffered, we too will suffer. I, I, I know you can turn on the TV. I might turn you off, but you could turn on the TV and they could tell you how you can have money coming. Having health and wealth. How you can sow these seeds and you'll be rich. But I want you to understand here that Jesus himself suffered. And if we are called to be Christians, we ought to be teaching and preaching about suffering. Because suffering will come. And I understand there's a blessing in suffering. Jesus said, blessed are those who are persecuted for my name. For greater is a reward in heaven than here on earth. You see, God has a greater reward for us when we're willing to suffer for him. Let's not get comfortable with what we receive. 
This world wants to enslave us. How do I know this world wants to enslave us? Well, in John, 1 John, the letter of John, you can see the Bible talks about do not love the world. Because God hates the world. Jesus teaches out the love of money is the root of all evil. It didn't say money. It said the love of money. This world we live in loves money. Think about it. We have, what is it, dirty sex and money, right? It's dirty money and stuff, whatever the name of that show is. You know, it's about money, about rich people, affluent people. Uh, the show Nip and Tuck still on TV about a rich, you know, doctor that does plastic surgery. You know, we want to see about how people make money. Even there's a movie, American Gangster. It's, a, it's even about oh, a gangster that makes it rich. We, are, we like to see how people make money. My favorite board game, my favorite board game, period, is Monopoly. I like to make money. It's in, how is he have the lifestyle of the rich and famous? You, you have MTV Cribs, you know, BET, you know, In My House. You know, we're, we want to see nice houses. I, 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 you're not alone, you know. There's an open house. You want to go see a nice house. And we know it costs a lot of money. And we just think, if I had the money. Maybe it's just me. But if I had the money, how I would add this on to my house? Or we go to different stores, and I, 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 maybe it's just me, but I look at the big screen TVs. That I, if I could afford that size of TV. You know, I, I like video games, and I, I see so many times the commercial for the PlayStation 3, and I look how much it costs, but I just think, if I had. And in my old job, I used to take a break and walk around Chevrolet, and I would look at all the Corvettes, and I would just think, if I just had. Because I, I, I realize now, I, I, if I have money, how I will spend it to satisfy me. So I'm so glad I don't have money. Because it helps me to refocus my thinking. That it's not about how much I can gain myself, but how much I can give to my God. God did not redeem them for them to go live for themselves. But he said that I will redeem you, but you need to bring back to me. What do I have to bring back to you, God? Well, he says here that you will dedicate to me your firstborn. Look here, verse 11. And it shall be when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanites, as he swear unto thee and to thy fathers, and shall give it to thee, that thou shalt set apart unto the Lord. Somebody say set apart. All. Somebody say all. All, all right. Thou shalt set apart. Say set apart. Set apart. All. That, that applies to you. The rest applies just to, to the Jews right now, all right? Thou shalt sit apart unto the Lord all that open up the matrix. And every first thing that cometh out of the beast which thou hast, the male shall be the Lord. You see here, God has set a standard with them that when they do the Passover, that they will realize that all of their firstborns shall be set apart. Now, we are not in the old covenant. We're not under the old testament but we're now covered under grace somebody say grace and that's all because of jesus christ i, I i'm going to take us all the way from uh, 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 bc all the way to ad <laughs> you see god set an appointment here that when you have the passover you need to kill that firstborn to redeem what your firstborn 
But I'm glad that now I don't have to kill no firstborn lamb because a lamb has already been killed. And it wasn't just a lamb, but it was the firstborn lamb. It, it was the lamb begotten of God. It, for John 3.16, God, Jesus spoke for himself, said, for God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. See, I'm glad that God realized that, look, I know y'all just can't get it right. <laughs> you still messing up. But guess what? I got a solution for the problem. The solution is my son. And guess what? My son will die to purchase your life. Now, I said you needed to set apart what? All. Set apart all. Now, Christ died for us. But he didn't stay dead. He rose again. Why did he rise again? Why did he rise again? Did anybody ever ask that question? Well, I'm going to answer. I'm glad you asked that question. He rose again to defeat death. What is death? Death is separation from God. In other words, hell. Hell is where God is not. That's why you don't want to be there. Because where God is not, that's where you find murder. That's when you find stealing. That's when you find lies and find fornication. Y'all probably say, well, that's not too much bad. But yeah, look how fornication ruined a marriage. How it ruined a marriage, it ruined a child's life. Yeah? You see how it just goes on and on. And then this child's upset because he don't have a daddy or a mama. He goes kill somebody else's daddy and mama. You see how hatred, the absence of God can cause so much confusion in our world. But yet Jesus said, I will come. And now see here, when Jesus came, the, the, he said he began his ministry. His ministry was what? Repent. For the kingdom of God is near. And if you need an example of what the kingdom was, Jesus said, look at me. <laughs> he said, if you see the Father, you've seen me. So you want to know what it means to be in the kingdom, I'm going to tell you. Jesus made it clear. So it's not about how rich you get, but how much you can serve somebody else. Hello. Jesus didn't say, I, 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 he said this, you have a mansion, but that mansion is after you die. Hello. You see, all of us want to be rich now, but yes, yeah, as great as your rewards where? In heaven than here on earth. You see here, we've been bought by a price. What is that price? The blood of the lamb. You see, in Exodus, we see here that how God has set this standard for them to remember how he redeemed them to fulfill the promise he gave all the way back to Abraham. Now, this is some 400 years later. God does not care about time, but yet he will fulfill his promise in your life. And what's this promise? That in my father's house, there's room of many mansions. And if it were not so, I would not have told you. That's what Jesus is speaking. God desires to have a relationship with us. And God teaches us how to have a relationship with him. We have to remember who he is. I want us to catch this. We talk about how to live holy. Living holy is not the action of your life. We are holy because of Christ's death. If we could be holy by just living right, then our works would get us in heaven. But good enough is not good enough. That's why God has set that standard. Do you understand that when he released the people and they went into the wilderness, that God helped Mo uh, Moses to build the tabernacle and he set the ordinance that there's daily a sacrifice being done. Why? Because daily we are sinning, but yet God sent Jesus to die on the cross how many times? 
once for all. He died one time to forgive us for the remission of all our sins. So how much of our lives do we give back to him? All of our lives. We, re- we need to remember what God has done for us, what Jesus has done for us. There's a song that I like that talks about, I'll never know how much it costs to see my sins upon the cross. You look into Galatians, it says this, that Jesus took our sin on Calvary Hill and nailed it to the cross. We need to realize that we need to remember that our sins have been nailed to the cross. And when Christ died, we too should have died to that sinful nature and realize and remember that God has redeemed us with the blood of the Lamb. With the blood of the Lamb. That's why we can get excited when we sing those songs. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. They were passed over, not because of the work they did, but because God saw the blood. Through the time Christ came, and God now will pass us over, that we won't suffer death. We won't suffer judgment that we deserve because the blood of Jesus we just sang the song that Jesus says. Has anybody here, have you been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb? And now when you realize how you've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, how you should live a life that's now different than the life you lived before. The children of Israel called out of bondage, not to live as slaves no more, but now to be priests, hallelujah, for the kingdom of God. Each and every one of them made a sacrifice unto God. We have now been redeemed, so no longer so we live for ourselves, but now we are called to be the ambassadors of reconciliation. Do you remember the price? Because when we forget where we came from, We forget who we are. And the problem with the church today is that we have forgiven people forgetting that they've been forgiven. So we judge others and we never judge ourselves. But let us take the time right now and remember how Christ died on the cross for our sins. While yet we were still sinners, he died for us. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Father, right now we pray, God, we want to come and just remember the cost of Calvary. Father, we want to remember how they whipped him all night long. They pierced his skin, Lord, with a whip, tearing his flesh off. Father, they put thorns, a crown of thorns in his head, piercing his scalp. And Father, they took a staff and bludgeoned his head with the staff piercing the thorns even further into his scalp. Blood was running down his face. Father, they punched him in the face, plucked his beard, and told him, prophesy who hits you as they blinded him. Father, they beat up our Savior, our Redeemer. Then, Father, they hung him on a cross, put nails in his hands, 
They put nails in his feet. They hung him on a cross so high and had his legs bent so that it would hurt for him to breathe. But yet, Lord, your your Bible tells how Jesus will push himself up. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, we think about how he suffered for us. Father, we think about how he did it willingly because you'd rather die for us so we would never suffer separation from you. And the Father, we also remember how he told the criminal that said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. He loves us so much, Father, that he's willing to forgive us even at our last hour, that we can spend eternity with you. So, Father, we want to take the time and remember that our lives are no longer ours. But let us remember the price that was paid on Calvary. Still, every head bowed, every eyes closed. If there's someone here who does not know Jesus Christ as a personal Lord and Savior, if you have not asked Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we want to lead you in this prayer. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth, and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart. We want to lead you in this prayer if this is you. Just say, dear Lord Jesus, that's right, dear Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And you rose again from the grave on the third day. And I thank you, Jesus, for saving me. I thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. And I turn my life over to you. And I now will live for you. And Jesus, I ask you, I invite you to come into my heart and be my personal Lord and Savior. Still, every head bowed, every eyes closed. That's you. If you pray that prayer for the first time, raise your hand. God bless you. No one's looking above me. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Father, Lord, we thank you for salvation. We thank you, Lord, that you loved us enough. You sent Jesus die on the cross for our sins. And, Father, we thank you, Father, that we have fellowship with you. And we now want to live, Lord, obedient to you. We want to live a life that's pleasing to you. And, Lord, we want to always remember the price that was paid on Calvary for our lives. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Let us say amen. May we stand, we stand in the hand of discipleship.